Hello everyone, welcome back to Christian's Colloquy. I'm Christian, and I'm so glad that you could join me again this week. This week, the plan is to keep it a little bit shorter. The reason why, it's been a crazy week for me this past week. A lot's going on here, especially in Ontario, as things are opening back up after this latest coronavirus lockdown pandemic situation. So we've been busy at church. I've been busy thinking about school, family, of course. And on top of all that, specifically to me, it was my joy to be preaching for my church this past Sunday. So if you're interested in hearing more from me, but outside of Christian's Colloquy, check it out in the description down below a link to my sermon through my church. We've been recording them during coronavirus just to make it available to people who are at home and since we couldn't be together as a big group over these past lockdowns. So please, if you're interested, check it out. Let me know what you think. But otherwise, today, again, shorter episode. We're discussing a figure we've already discussed on the channel before, and that is Augustus Top Lady. Top Lady, we covered quite some time ago, so if you don't remember that episode, if you haven't seen it, check it out in the description down below. You'll get a feel for who he is, his life, his ministry, his spirituality, and why Top Lady is a name worth discussing even to this day today. Just a brief highlight, Augustus Top Lady is the hymnist behind Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages being a hymn. If you're at an evangelical uh, church, you probably sung it or at least know of it. Rock of Ages, cleft for me, great hymn, but Top Lady wrote plenty of hymns well known for that. And in the 18th century, he was a well-known Anglican cleric who was a theologian in the Calvinist tradition. So he had many theological writings. That's what we're working with today. As you can see here, right in front of me, the complete works of Augustus Top Lady. Pretty thick book. The print here is pretty small. This this was passed on to me from a friend, so this book has seen quite a bit of where I'm reading, but that's because it is quite a fantastic work with a lot of information, a lot of small print, but today we're looking at one of the smaller pieces in here, and that is a reflection on thunderstorms. That's a pretty interesting topic, and might remind you of the episode we did a while ago on Charles Wesley's Earthquake Hymns. Again, that's in the description down below. Check that out. But to sort of get us thinking in this mode, a reflection on th uh, thunderstorms, why are we talking about this? This is something I think uh, evangelicals today should appreciate about evangelicals and English-speaking Protestants of the past. Reflecting on creation and God as creator was a massive part of their spirituality. They thought about earthquakes. They thought about normal rainstorms. And of course, thunderstorms here right in between those the natural disasters to the daily rhythms of life, thunderstorms, these are all things evangelicals were thinking about, studying, reflecting on, and allowing to inform their prayers and walk as Christians. So today, we're going to get an idea of what Top Lady, a famous theologian from the 18th century, a great hymnist, what he was thinking about when he reflected on thunderstorms, something we, of course, have around us to, these, uh, to this day, especially during the summertime here in my area. But let's dive in. I will read you the plan here. I will read you a few opening lines from Top Lady's Reflection. It's a short reflection, the whole thing. I'll leave a link to it in the description. If you want to read the whole thing, I encourage it. I encourage that you do. But I'll read a few lines so we get an idea of what Top Lady's thinking about. I'll share a few Bible verses, and then I'll leave you with an encouragement that you can hopefully reflect on during a week and maybe have some conversations about with friends, family, or whoever else. So anyway, here is Top Lady's Reflection on Thunderstorms. When the lightning flashes... And when the thunder rolls, do we, as it were, hear the Almighty speak in the one, and see a glimpse of his tremendous glory in the other? May we ever listen to the Almighty when he speaks in thunder, or looks in lightning, 
and call to mind that awful period when the final trump shall summon us to the bar. May every such season be improved to this beneficial purpose. Thus considered, thunder teaches, and lightning holds the lamp to knowledge. Nature becomes subservient to grace, and the laws of the material system direct to heaven. And should we not aspire to the friendship of that being whose voice shakes the earth and whose eyes are as a flame of fire? So those were a few lines from throughout uh, Top Lady's reflection on a thunderstorm, and I hope you see where he's going with this. A couple things to note before we get to those Bible verses. Top Lady, think about thunderstorms and look at this little sample I provided. First of all, he's calling us to think about just the general glory of God. That's God the Creator. Can't you hear His voice in the thunder? Can't you see His tremendous glory in the lightning? What a powerful display of God's creative majesty, His might as Creator of the universe, of the natural order. Then, of course, Top Lady takes us further, where he looks at a thunderstorm and thinks, this is a powerful sign of what is to come. That great time when Christ returns and the uh, returns and the trump sounds. How that might sound like thunder booming in the sky. What an amazing sight it would be in the sky like lightning when Christ descends. The sky will crack and the Savior returns. Lightning is probably a, a, a tiny foreshadowing of this great event to come in the future. And finally, evangelistically, like we saw with Wesley reflecting on the earthquakes, is that there is a call to think about the state of our souls. Shouldn't we see this knowledge? Shouldn't we understand and perceive what is happening here and turn to God and embrace him and understand that he is the greatest, most excellent being? And Christ, of course, will return in glorious victory. That calls us not only to think about those realities, but our place within that reality. Will we be terrified at the return of Christ, or will we rejoice at the arrival of our Savior? Let's think a little bit deeper on that theologically by reading out, very quickly, two verses. The first verse we're going to look at is Romans 1.20. You might be familiar with this. In the great passage of Romans, that book that where Paul the Apostle is outlining this wonderful, theologically rich presentation of the gospel and justification and uh, glorification, all these excellent doctrines of the Christian faith. But it starts with this reminder of humanity's state as fallen. And within that opening line about the sinfulness and fallenness of humanity, we're getting this description of who God is as creator. I'll read verse 120. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. What is one of the reasons leading into this discussion about justification why humanity stands, con stands condemned before God? Well, it's because they reject God, despite him being plainly known ever since the creation. So what that, I believe, is saying, at least one of the things we can conclude from that is that the creation testifies to its creator. That God's divine attributes, his wonderful, powerful being, is known through his creation. Popularly, you might have heard evangelists, I believe Ray Comfort often uh, makes this point, it's that you see a beautiful painting you know just intuitively that there's a painter behind that. Paint doesn't accidentally create itself, fall on a page, and wonderfully produce Mona Lisa or some excellent painting that you probably know of and I don't know of. But that's all to say, we don't look at a painting and think there's no painter. The same way we can't look at creation and think 
there's no creator. Creation itself testifies to the God of Scripture, to the God of the Bible, the triune God of the Christian faith. Let's look at another verse. Turning to the Old Testament now, specifically to the Psalms, we get this powerful verse from in Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Again, along those same lines of Romans, creation points to his creator. It points to the handiwork of God. The sky specifically is highlighted here. And that might include a thunderstorm. Think about that. The thunderstorm proclaims the handiwork of God. And I believe that this is powerful language reminding us, telling us that all of creation directs us to the creator. All of creation in its wonderful majesty, its awful beauty, and its perfect order all revolves around, is all dependent upon its most excellent creator. It declares his glory, his power, his might, his wisdom, his diligence. And that's something now I will turn to a reflection. As we could see from Top Lady, thinking about the thunderstorm, being reminded of who God is, as great and powerful as he is, thinking about the return of Christ to come, that the thunder and lightning foreshadow, thinking about our place as we are small creatures in the midst of this majestic creation. Believer, now, evangelical today, are you thinking along those lines? Are you looking at verses like Romans 1.20 and Psalm 19.1 and allowing those to form your day-to-day walk as a believer? Are you allowing yourself to take in that you are a creature amidst creation, which is under God, our great creator? And not only is God our great creator above everything who spoke the universe and all that is into being, he's not just that wonderful creator. He is the father who knows you, who chose you, believer, who loves you, who sent his son to purchase you, who sent his spirit to indwell you and bring you to life. Do you take in that that same God who is your savior, your redeemer, your healer, your rescuer, is also your creator and the creator of all the world? What we've been talking about here today is often what theologians and seminarians will call general revelation. In scripture, God's word to us, spoken and written through the prophets and the apostles, that's special revelation, that's specific, that's written through people. General revelation, on the other hand, is all that is created. It comes from God, it reveals God, but it's available and seen by everyone, everywhere. So let's take that in, let's think more about creation. And what I wanna encourage you with is think about this in the context of your prayer life and your personal devotions. Evangelicals traditionally have spoken about and spoken to God in so many ways. Our God is great and excellent. As we just mentioned, he is our our chooser who elects his people. He is our redeemer who dies for his people. He is our uh, indwelling spirit who sanctifies us from the inside out. God, our triune God, is so wonderful and excellent. And one of those things that makes him wonderful and excellent is that he is the creator. From the thunderstorm, to the rain on a Saturday afternoon, to the great snowstorms in winter, to the great hurricanes and earthquakes and all those terrible wonders, that is our God who is creator behind all those things. Take that in, allow that to form your prayers, address God as your creator, praise him for being creator, and look at creation remembering that our God is creator. Look at the weather each day and see that this is a reflection of who God is. A great reflection that leaves men and women without excuse. 
So anyway, that's the reflection for today. I hope you will check out Top Lady's full reflection, read more about his reflection on a thunderstorm, get a better picture of what he's talking about. But again, take this to your life. Think about the weather as a blessing and sign and just beautiful reminder of our God. Anyway, that's it for me now on Christian's Colloquy. I hope that you enjoyed it this week, this shorter episode, and I hope that you will join me again next time when I believe I will have a pretty interesting interview. And after that, we've gotten back into the rhythm of the summer. We'll start dipping into some new topics that are new for this channel and the kind of content we typically cover. Anyway, that's it again. Take care.